Hello, and welcome to Movement, the Science of the Self. I'm your host, Ergi Pongo, and my calling is to explore movement and identity as they relate to body image and self-image. On this podcast, we share transformational stories from people in the field of movement science. We have conversations about healing and strengthening. Plus, we connect with people who have unique relationships with their bodies. If you're interested in discovering how movement science can impact your relationship with your body, we invite you to book a free consultation with Pongo Power Personal Training. Pongo Power will provide you with a complimentary movement analysis and goal setting session through understanding how our bodies move, our lives are transformed. Welcome to Movement, the Science of the Self. I'm your host, Ergi Pongo, and I am delighted to welcome my guest to the show today, Susan Gershenhorn. Susan. Thanks for having me, Ergi. Oh, I'm delighted. <laughs> so full disclosure, Susan is my mother-in-law and also a doctor, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. What yes. do you hold your PhD in? Uh, I'm a licensed psychology, but I hold my PhD in developmental psychology. Aha. Uh-huh. So today, Susan and I competed together in the CapTex Triathlon in Austin, Texas. And Susan placed second in her group. Congratulations. Thank you. How do you feel about that? Good. I mean, you know, I didn't have expectations uh, when I came in, but uh, I'm always curious to um, see uh, what my competition is. Oh, interesting. Now you're a much more accomplished triathlete than I am. <laughs> so, well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you've done Ironman half, half, half. How many? Uh, I've done about seven. Okay. And also you placed in worlds. Yes. And yeah. went to Canada to compete in worlds. Right. right. Amazing. Right. So what happens is you, if you place, uh, in a half Ironman, um, high enough and nobody takes the, um, I guess the, uh, nobody, nobody accepts the spot then, and there's a certain amount of spots for each age, age group, then, um, you can go to worlds. And so I placed about fourth mm-hmm. in my age group in, uh, New Orleans, for one of, I've done three in New Orleans, so one in New Orleans, and uh, then went to Canada for worlds. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and it was fun. So the show is about the intersection between identity, self-image, body image, and how we discover ourselves through movement. Okay. Movement, the science of the self. So when it comes to this realm of discovery, I feel like you kind of live there. Like you really... Yeah. are yeah. in that space a lot of the time you're a therapist you are you have a doctorate <laughs> and you are an accomplished athlete so I mean I was very moved when we were coming home from the event today and you mentioned a coach of yours oh, right. who had spoken about triathlon as a not really a way of life but life itself Right, right. So would you 
elaborate on that a little sure. bit? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a little pretentious, I guess, to say life itself. Triathlon is life. But, yeah, no, and, <laughs> and I think the way she'd say it is um, that there's a lot to learn about life through exercise or through triathlons or, you know, through any kind of movement. What other aspects did this coach share with you when it came to triathlon training? So one of the things she shared with me um, was uh, to the night before the race, or maybe even a few days before, is to start writing down what you expect to experience in the race. Ooh, a little journaling. A journal, yeah. Long form. Right. Ooh. And And it was remarkable that I would, you know, write, well, this is what I'm going to experience in the swim. And these are the things I'm going to think about. Wow. And, and uh, this is what I want to experience. And this is what I want to do. Um, and in all details. And then you do the same thing, you know, even for transitions. Wow. And for the so bike it would be like, that. I jump into the water and I feel the cool right. water. Yeah. And then my energy returns to my body. Mm-hmm. My anxiety melts away. Mm-hmm. I find my space. Oh my God, I could totally imagine a great race. Right. And it's funny because during the race today, I was thinking of this one great race and the human error of comparing and just being like, well, this isn't like that race. <laughs> but to visualize it ahead of time and, and that as a powerful tool right? so that in the moment you're discovering that. Right. right. What an incredible, it's almost like studying for a test. Right. Right. No, it is. It is. You're you're literally studying for each moment of the race. And so so, long form journaling, visualizing it, uh and then how how else does that pan out? Like in our lives. Right. Right. So So that you can use this in anything you do, whether it's looking for a job, whether it's trying to find a boyfriend, whether, I mean, anything. Hitting a goal at work that somebody's asking you to accomplish, a career. Changing your relationship, changing how you talk to yourself. Mm. I mean, it it doesn't matter what you visualize. It matters that you start thinking about it, you write about it, and then you incorporate it into your mind. I mean, um, you know, and we talk about the idea of acting as if. So act as if, act as if you are a great triathlete, mm. you know, act as if you can swim very fast, mm. you know, and how smooth it is. I mean, I used to, so before I go to bed sometimes, um, and I'm not doing it as much now for some reason, I'm horseback riding. I don't know why, but that's what I imagine when I have trouble sleeping. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I imagine horseback riding, but I used to imagine swimming and, and I would actually imagine a girl that I swam with in high school and she was really beautiful and she just flowed through the water. Mm. I mean, her, her stroke was so beautiful. And so, and that was just very peaceful for me. Mm. So um, I think there's a lot of ways in which you can use mm. um, this visualization. Mm-hmm. And were there any other training tips for triathlon in terms of discovery and, and, you know, just being able to accomplish the task even of swim, bike, run? Yeah, I mean, she talked a lot about um, kind of life skills and um, how it really mirrors our life. Oh, um, I definitely find like being able to be on time, show up early. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can still do this. <laughs> no, I think I think those, I think those are great. I mean, I think that's you know if that's what 
That's important to right, me. Right. Being on time right. is very important yeah. to me because it's, I like being in the moment uh-huh. and I think it honors the moment. Yeah. So, but anyway. No, no. So, I mean, and I, so I think that there's a lot of ways in you, which you can think about um, everything you do in the swim, bike and run, whether it's through training, whether it's um, things didn't go well in your, in your race, how to, how does that relate to when things don't go well in your life? Mm. I mean, there's, it's, it's an endless um, uh, knowledge base mm. of learning about yourself, your life. And, um, and I mean, we can go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun part yeah. of discovering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, a- and, and your, your own discovery, because your own discovery will be different than somebody else's. You know, I think the thing that I think about um, is first of all, uh, one of the things I often tell my clients is you should exercise, eat right, and um, get sleep. <laughs> so, I mean, that's sort of my motto in life. Um, but like those are the three pillars, so to speak, and how to have a emotionally healthy life, a balanced life. Um, and so part of that uh, through movement is I think, you know, obviously a balance of aerobic and strength training, although I I don't really like the strength training part. I do it, but that's not, but the aerobic part, I think gives me endorphins. It helps me to be calmer. It helps me to think more clearly. It it just, I notice that it does a lot of things. And then in the movement, I notice things. Um, Today, the thing I noticed that I was really paying attention to that I learned in swimming is to, uh, sort of move my arms more and not go as deep. And I sort of did that with everything today. So I, when I started to pay attention to, to biking, I didn't try and, um, you know, how do they say hammer it? Mm. You know, I just tried to spin. Um, and then I did the same thing running and I just went, and I'm, and I'm sure if I really thought about it, I would think about how I how to make my life easier. Mm. So if I move that from, exercise, I would move it into my life. And how do, how do we have less resistance in our life? Mm. Um, so then I can start thinking about, then I would start thinking about that mm. and might talk to people about that, that in that way. So that's how I sort of use it. Um, uh, mostly, I mean, when I have, have done marathons, mostly I think about, you know, I have some clients and, and friends who have had cancer. And so, but even life is a little bit like a marathon. Uh, it's not a, it's not a sprint. Nope. It's a long life. So uh, in thinking about life, um, you want to, you know, it's best to start out slow and then, and then um, you know, see what comes up through it. Um, but knowing that um, things don't just, you know, cure yourself like that. No. So, right. So it's, it's a long, whatever you're doing, it's usually a long process. Yes. And patience is important. And so marathons have been helpful, but even when I do triathlons, it's the same thing. I just, you know, being patient and waiting it out for whatever is going to come. And I say all this in, in very calm terms, but as you know, I was really anxious when this starts. (laughs) So that's, that's the irony is, um, I'm extraordinarily anxious when I, um, do a race. And I don't really know why, because once I start, I'm not at all anxious. Really? So once you're in the the water, water. you're in the zone. 
No, there's no no zone. No. <laughs> but you but I, talk about the zone a lot. Yeah, I'm not. Or I the flow. I just know I'm just. So my new thing is um, counting. And so I, I count strokes. And so it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And I sort of have a, um, a rhythm. Um, but that's sort of new. And that's kind of helped to move me a little more in my swimming. But um, maybe it's a zone. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think yeah. that anything that empowers the individual... Right to have something that helps us with mindfulness and being present to the situation we're in is just, it's just priceless because it is so hard, especially given everything the entire world is going through these days to be fully present in the moment. And, and so therefore, you know, there's no need to make life harder. We beat ourselves up. I think, I think, I don't, I don't know an individual who doesn't try to strive to, you know, heal themselves or just be pain-free or have more fun. It's like, it's very American in a lot of ways to always be striving for something better. But in the meantime, here's life in this moment. (laughs) It's, It's funny that you would bring it up. I just read a book called From Strength to Strength with a group of friends um, and we're, I'm the youngest, but we're of the older group. And it's about um, moving um, from, first of all, it's about striving and how we're all striving, um, but that as we get older, maybe we need to think about something different because we don't have the same intelligence. So uh, those, we go from fluid intelligence to crystallized. And so I do feel like I have, I mean, it's not complete, but I have more intelligence around things that I've learned about, like mm. triathloning, like exercise, like, you know, having a routine. Like I'm, I'm really big on routines also, and I encourage people to have routines. Um, and um, so anyway, so, so it's interesting that you said that. And one of the things I was joking about is like, I, I didn't really strive in my career. Um, and yet what I realized I strived in was triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I really felt like I had to do well. And what's been fun about doing it with you and fun these last two that we've done is I haven't, really been paying attention to whether I'm going to win. And the funny part is I did win. I won this time, (laughs) second place and last time, third place. But I really was just doing my thing. Mm. And I do believe that if you do your thing, if you study for a test, that you'll do well in it. If you do your homework, you know, you'll do well. And, you know, so this is sort of my homework is to exercise. And when I do the workouts, the outcome comes. I mean, I may not win first, but I have been placing. So, um, so anyway, but, but yes, so I have been striving. And so then I thought, well, I guess, you know, do I let that go and how do I let that go or how do I, and maybe this, one of the ways is to also share what I know, which Mm. I'm happy to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And practice non-attachment. Yeah. Right. And which I don't, I didn't have any, I don't have attachment to whether I won or didn't win. It's just so funny that I have been so it'll be interesting if I'm sure one of these times I won't win and I'll be like, oh, you know, <laughs> but I don't think I'll beat myself up anymore. I mean, now when I work out, 
Um, I have a, a workout, although I don't have a coach. Um, but I looked on, I did look online and I found um, a fun kind of workout that I was willing to do. It, it seemed manageable. And uh, if I didn't do everything perfectly, I didn't go, oh, gee, that's, you know, or if I did too much because I bike a lot. Um, oh, well, you know, I, I did more, more than they had recommended. Um, but not everything was exact. And that was okay. And that was a first for me. Oh, oh yeah. No, it was a first. Yeah, it was a first. I just, you know, I went, oops, I forgot to bring the workout. Oh, well, <laughs> but I'm out and I'm moving and that's all that matters. Mm. So. so what would you say to the person who doesn't feel like they have a choice? Because you're, you know, really modeling the behavior of full agency. Like you're really speaking within the conversational space of, I have choices. I like routine. I, I know that if I sleep and I exercise and I eat, I have better energy. What would you say to the person who feels like that's all outside of themselves? Like, oh, well, you know, I didn't get to that today because I'm too busy because of work or I just didn't feel like it. So I, I or I have chronic pain. So you don't understand, like, I can't get into a routine. Every day is a new day for me. Right. So then every day we, we try our best, right? So you let it go. The day is past and we don't punish ourselves. We don't beat ourselves up and we say, okay, you know, and, and I wouldn't do all those goals either. I wouldn't mm, start. Don't with, try everything at right. once. I wouldn't say let's exercise five days a week. Let's, you know, make sure we sleep every night. Like I'm working with a client right now about sleep, you know? So, and then I will say to her, what, what, what are the challenges or obstacles around sleep? Let's work on that. Mm -hmm. And cause she does move movement's not an issue for her. And so, um, and so then we work on that. And if you can just do one thing, you know, then let's do one thing where you try and, uh, get to bed earlier or like she will watch TV a lot. So I said, why not tape it? And she said, Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know? <laughs> um, or, you know, whatever. So I think uh, basically it's just not trying to do everything all at once. It just so happens that I tend to, you know, not every night do I go to bed on time. So I go, Oh, well, I didn't get enough sleep tonight. And which I talked to you about before. Mm -hmm. I could have a race and I didn't get enough sleep last night. I did, mm -hmm. but could I not? Sure. And what I've learned is I still race fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, you know, maybe it's not quite as good, but I don't feel as good uh, maybe, but it's not a big deal. So one night, three nights, what I know about myself is if I have three bad nights of sleep, the fourth night, I'm going to go to bed. Because <laughs> you're tired. Right? <laughs> I, I, and, and I know that I don't feel great, but it's okay. You know, everything passes. That, so part of it's learning about yourself and knowing what's okay. And I mean, I, I know also that I can eat badly for a few days too. Do I feel good? No, I don't feel great. So, you know, then I say, okay, fine. <laughs> That's done. And let's, you know, start anew. But again, even if it was eating, I would say, you know, pick one thing that you think doesn't make you feel good, you know, and try that and see, take that out. Like I have a client who took wheat out of her diet and she said her anxiety decreased and um, she had a lot of things that really helped her. And so now we're sort of talking about dairy and she really doesn't want to give it up, but I think she might, you know, because she's having a lot of allergy issues. So 
um, you know, I just want people to feel better Mm -hmm. and it's not always about one thing or another. And I, you know, just listening to people talk, I try to figure out what, how to help them do that. Mm. And how about if you are trying to offer solutions and, um, the, the advice is not appreciated. Because I think for personal training, I love personal training because it's anatomy and physiology. So Mm -hmm. we're really basing everything on physics, the way gravity bears down on the human movement system, the physiological, neurological changes that need to occur in order to stabilize the joints and integrate the core. You know, that all of that, if you can present it in a way where a person discovers themselves and they feel like they're moving better and more easily with less, you know, kind of like static in the nervous system. That's just such a joy for me. But for psychology and like the mind, it is such a different process in a certain regard because I think people, I because I'm not a trained therapist, it seems to me as though people really struggle to like take advice. Like nobody wants advice. And I think some, I think sometimes some people don't. And, um, and then I, you know, then obviously I pull back and I say, well, if that's not going to work for you, then let's think about something else. But I, you know, if you want to think about feeling better, these are, I'm just saying, these are the things that I think might help. Now, obviously there's going to be other things like talking about your feelings and, um, talking about what's going on and so forth. The, that goes without saying, but these are just sort of the basic things. And once those are taken care of, then then we can deal with all the other stuff, you know? Yeah. But I think those just impact it. And so some people don't want to make any changes. That happens. Yeah, that's part of life, right? Like we don't always have to be striving to get better. No, right. Like that's part right. of healing is just kind of synthesizing information and just, moving from a fight or flight modality into more of a rest digest modality and, and learning to just be. But I do know that when people come to see me, they're sick of how they feel, right? Usually. (laughs) So then, you know, hopefully they're at that point willing to make a change. So they're on the healing journey. Right. Yeah. Maybe, but but not always. Um, And so, yeah. So on my wedding night, I was suffering from body dysmorphia and you were very open. You were willing and able to talk to me, but I did not want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I felt very um, just already vulnerable and already nervous. And I didn't want to dredge up more feelings. And, um, and I remember you had said to me, well, why can't we just talk about this? And I wasn't open at all what would you have said to me? (laughs) I was like, so triggered and just so like, I just wanted to not feel, you know, that, which is horrible way to just judge myself. And so I like, what would you say to the person with body dysmorphia? No. Well, I was thinking about what, I mean, I, I certainly feel very sad that I triggered you and I wish I had known. Oh, no, no, no. I was triggered already. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying on dresses. It was the shutdown. No, no, no. I was just already in a very activated state. And 
you know, even this summer I'm feeling very activated because, you know, we're wearing less clothing and, um, you know, I just think that having conversations around our body image and our self image is so important because there are a few people in the world who do it so beautifully. And those people are my role models. Like I really admire the vulnerability and the strength that it takes to just say, I am suffering. Oh, I suffer all the time. I mean, uh, I've lost weight and I still don't feel skinny. And my husband said the other day, you know, you're skinny. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I said, okay. Um, And this has been going on for me since I was 13 when I was thinner than I am now. And the doctor told me I could lose more weight. Two doctors told me I could lose more weight. And um, so, uh, and, and my parents. So, uh, and all the kids were much thinner than I was. You know, they were just skinny little things. And I was always mus- kind of muscular. Mm. Um, I At was- that age, people are becoming adults. Right. Like they're growing into adult bodies. My mother also. You don't need that second tuna fish sandwich. Right. Sure. You know, yeah. I was hungry. Right. <laughs> but and and I brought that up with her years later. And she was like, I don't remember saying that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have my mother to talk about it with, but but I um no, she had it. She, you know, she, was, she, always, body she was dysmorphic. Well, like, she was always on down a diet. on herself, always on, she a was diet. always on a diet. Yeah, she uh, was always on Weight Watchers or some kind of diet. And so um, yeah, I knew that. So, um, so yeah. And, and interestingly enough, I think a lot of kids now who are grown that I grew up with also had it. Mm -hmm. They were all dieting. Um, and, um, one of them became a social worker or a therapist of some sort and wrote wrote a book about, um, Mm -hmm. body image, I think, and dieting and so forth. I need to get it. Um, <laughs> and her name is Andrea Wachter. And um, so I um, know that we were all feeling it. Mm. I, I know that I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where they are with it now, um, but I know that I still have issues about my body. Um, and, uh, but I'm, I'm, I have to say, I feel like I'm more in a process. I feel like I'm, um, I try to tell myself, um, I like my eyes. I like this. I like that about my, you know, body or, um, you know, now I'm getting older, so I'm getting like wrinkly skin and now other things are changing that I can't control. Um, and maybe I could have before, (laughs) but now I don't know what to do. You know? (laughs) Um, so, um, I, I think I don't, I, I don't feel great about it, but I think I don't, um, I just try to be more gentle with myself, mm-hmm. um, and more loving to myself. And, um, you know, I used to binge and diet and I don't do that anymore. Um, although I do have like stuff around the house. I have a thing now where I have to have sweets, even though I don't eat them. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> don't the, want to feel deprived. Yeah, exactly. The choice needs to be there. <laughs> exactly. But I have to hide them from my son and my husband because they'll eat them. So um, they're either in the freezer or they're in my drawers. And then I go, oh, 
wow, I forgot I have that there. Oh, how nice. Yeah. I wonder if I'll ever eat it, you know, but it's there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I got some weird stuff. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> think, I think that it's just so pervasive in our yeah. society. Like so it, unfortunate. it really is. Yeah. And, and when I speak openly about it, I feel like I'm really escaping from this prison with no walls. Like, because otherwise I just live in my own little world. And um, I think that the more we are able to trust that we can find the words to share openly, we find our voice and we find, we find, you know, agency, we find empowerment. And, and two, vulnerability is really a strength. You know, people are very attracted to Mm -hmm. a person who's a able to be vulnerable because it's genuine Mm -hmm. and so you know um i really appreciate you sharing so openly about that and not trying to create an image of being perfectly you know self-actualized i'm I'm nowhere near nowhere (laughs) near no i am very happy to i i don't have any trouble i mean maybe that's and maybe i thought that was the case for you too that I'm like right. open. Yeah, so I didn't know that that was something that you were so vulnerable about. So I think it caught me off guard that I you surprised me oh. because we do talk about so many things. Yeah. And so I didn't know that that was, I mean, even though you might've been vulnerable, I thought we could talk about it. So that's why I was asking you. So how come you can't talk Oh, you about didn't it? realize that no. I would be defensive. No, yeah, I had no idea. Oh, that's so it just really It really, I mean, it threw me off guard and I went, okay. I mean, because even with clients, so if they say to me, I don't want to talk about that, I'll say, okay, fine. Right. Tell me why. Though. Oh, because you're a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but a therapeutic yeah, environment. Right. I want to understand. I, I don't, we don't have to talk about it. It's not what I'm saying. Hmm. What I'm saying is I want to understand why you can't. What is it about it hmm. that you can't talk about? So that's what I was hmm. really saying to you. Hmm. Not let's talk about it then. Hmm. I'm saying, so so what can we talk about what 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 led up right, to this moment? Yeah, right, right, right. Wow. It's yeah. just such a journey, you know, yeah. like being able to talk about ourselves when I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that I have just struggled to just let go of what I perceive as my self-image. And and I just I want to have integrity. You know, I want to be a whole person and just share my whole self with the world. And being defensive is such a such a knee-jerk reaction for me to defend. And so, you know, the podcast is called Movement the Science of the <laughs> Self because it's healing for me yeah. to have these conversations. Yeah. And also I hope other people, because I'm always listening for conversations that inform my ability to heal and my ability to be empowered you know pongo power is about feeling power that feels safe and it doesn't feel out of control Mm -hmm. it feels like we built this together and so um so yeah wow thank you for sharing and and for coming on the show oh sure i mean you brought up so many things my mind it's going to take me because so we have to go I know but boy, this could go on forever because but I but I do want to just say th- and thanks for having me and one of the reasons I think I didn't want to do it is because I don't want to talk 
like I know everything. Mm, interesting. So I don't want to, um, I don't want to present myself as if I know um, something that, anyway, I mean, so I just wanted to that's say really that. That's yeah. very beautiful. Yeah. So that's why I don't do these kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because right. playing the role as right. expert in the right. field is not your jam. No. Like it's not your, no. does it give you a little boost of no. adrenaline? None. 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 Why? Because this is private and, and, oh. uh, and, and I'm, I'm happy to share it one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, but I'm not the one and only, and I don't know everything. And I, and you know, I just have a few little things that I do and, um, yeah. And I just don't feel that way about myself. I, it's just not. Mm. So that's, um, it's funny though. Cause all weekend long, I've been thinking like, Oh, Susan knows so much about triathlons. Like she has wisdom, <laughs> you know, I need to learn. And, and I think this kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation about how the brain changes as we get older. Um, you know, you, you're, you have wisdom. No, thank you. But and so, so I think that, you know, every conversation is just an opportunity for sharing at the end of the day, it's just a conversation and, and the sharing is where the transformation is mm -hmm. because without the sharing, we don't get to metamorphosize. I mean, maybe we do. I'm sure there's a lot of people who meditate and they're more private. I shouldn't say that. I should just say for me, I find in conversation, I, I'm very, I feel very blessed yeah. to be in conversations like this. And so thank you so much. Oh, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Happy to, happy to be. Yeah. And so in summary, uh, would you say race day was worth it? All the storm and the strum and the nervousness. Oh yeah. It's always worth it. It's I, but, but I wouldn't do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's why I, pick a couple of races a year or something and that's it. <laughs> so, so what, so what would you say? Like when you, when you're done with the race, what's the feeling you have when you're, when it's over and you're like, well, I did it. And that's always the funny part because usually I'm cursing during the race going, <laughs> why am I doing this? It's so hot or that. So this, although I didn't feel as bad today, I have to say, I felt like it was hot and you, I think you thought it was I even was hotter. Really suffering. Right. It was so that so was hot. fascinating because I <laughs> don't like hot races, but I, I feel like I have a routine. I, mm. my ice in my chest, my ice in my back. I, you know, I have a routine to deal with the heat, but, but usually I'm like, Oh, I hate it. And then at the end I go, when's the next race? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a strange, it's a very, very strange sport. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, my theory is it's the fellowship just being like in an event with a bunch yeah. of people, but it can be so many things. Hey, Who knows? It's, it's a lot. It's, I think it's a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it is, as my friend who I bike with says, he says, it's just an addiction. It's just another addiction. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I try, I try to stay away from the word addiction, though, because my father right. was an alcoholic. And it just, I just, I feel it is, it can be like an addiction. But, right. No, it can. But, but, I, but I think, I think for me, what I know is that it, um, it's a goal and it helps me to do my training every day. And that's good for my head and my body. So that's, and I want to ask you this yeah. because you are a therapist 
Um, what is the difference between an addiction and a discipline? I, I think you couldn't um, stop. An addiction is like, it's a compulsion. Right. But if, so, and also, isn't an addiction inherently harmful? Sure. It's like self-harm. Yeah, right. So that's why I don't think of it that way. You could be compelled. But I think there are people who, who do it and like, you know, and the coach that I loved, but I mean, she would be injured. She'd run on her injury. Oh, you no. Know? Right. Oh. And I, I don't believe in that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, you listen to your body and it says, don't go out and work out today. You don't go, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you hurt yourself. You don't do it. So, so that's the balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't think I have an addiction to it. I think that I'm doing it just enough. And um, there's, I mean, there's a little piece of me that has this, oh, maybe I could do more. And then I think I go, but I don't feel good when I do more. Yeah. So this is, this is just the right amount, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was a great race. Yeah. Thank it you was. so much for doing this. It was, it was a lot of fun. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So Susan, thanks for being on the show. It was a lot of fun to have you. And thank you so much for tuning in to Movement, the Science of the Self. Hey, thank you for tuning into the show and listening. If you're interested in understanding how your body moves, Pongo Power offers a complimentary fitness assessment and goal-setting session. This 55-minute appointment is completely free, and you can do it through the magic of Zoom in the comfort of your own home. Just book online by heading over to freefitnessassessment.pongopower.com. I've been a personal trainer for 20 years, and I've helped hundreds of humans to gain true physical and mental strength. You can learn more about our team of personal trainers on our website, pongopower.com. When we learn how to exercise safely and effectively, we experience true freedom. On Movement, the Science of the Self, we provide you with the inspiration you need to move your body as you cultivate your own sense of identity. In joining the conversation about how we identify ourselves, Pongo Power is committed to the empowerment of each individual's right to choose. Now go out there and get some movement.